Hey everybody, welcome to The Node. I just want to dive straight into this episode with Katie. This episode is wonderful. I love this episode. I'm so grateful for Katie joining us on the podcast. She had a lot of great things to say, and I think that we had a really productive conversation. And so, welcome to The Node with Katie Visco. Okay, our guest today is Katie Visco. Katie's an ultra-endurance athlete with two continent crossings under her belt. She crossed the USA first in 2009. Um, she was the second youngest and 13th woman to cross the USA by running. She ended up running 3,132 miles. So last year in 2019, she crossed Australia, an entirely human-powered project with her husband, Henley, bikepacking all of the supply resupply stuff across Australia that took from July 13th to November 8th, 2019, with an ending result of 2,200 miles. Katie's a community builder and entrepreneur starting a company, Hot Love Soup, in both Missoula, Montana and Austin, Texas. You're also a very global person, Katie. You've lived in Chicago, Boston, Austin, Texas, Missoula, Montana, and now I believe Tucson. And just doing my research on you, Katie, you seem like such a warm-hearted person. And over the last week or so, listening to your and Henley's interviews, I already feel, as I mentioned, that we're close friends. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm super excited. And welcome to the Node. Woohoo! I'm on the Node! Yeah! Hi, everybody! That's a very sweet intro. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you thought so. Yeah, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah, and hello from Tucson. You're right. Awesome. Currently in Tucson. Just moved here. And I'm literally looking at the mountains on fire. Oh, yeah? The mountains are on fire. I see huge red flames oh, and wow. puffs of smoke. Oh, wow. I didn't hear that Tucson was on fire. Exciting. That is exciting. Yeah, <laughs> oh boy so there's some drama over here but oh man uh, i'm ready to talk yeah is that affecting your running smoke <laughs> no it's not it's not like missoula it's not like things really get trapped here oh, okay. as much as in missoula so no inversion not too much okay not too much lucky <laughs> yeah you have to work to get above it here and you can't really do that when the, yeah. when the hills are on fire no. So, so yeah. Yeah. So to kick this thing off, I don't really I don't necessarily want to focus on like covering your past runs in depth because it seems like that's been done really well, especially I would like to mention um with your interview with Henley um on the Hidden Athlete po podcast. That was such a great interview and I totally recommend that anybody who wants to hear about the run in minute detail go listen to that but you know since it's fresh in your mind would you want to talk about your run across australia maybe give us a brief overview of it yes yes definitely it's definitely a huge piece of my heart and always will be because of the way it made me feel mm -hmm. um, along the journey and just really if y'all want some more in-depth that podcast i second that is so good it is so heartfelt and real and raw and unedited unedited and just fantastic yeah. um and so in general yes recently just last year i guess it's been what month is it it's been seven months now since finishing that run and mm -hmm. uh, what that was all about for me and i think about it even on a daily basis is like you can you can probably guess but perseverance but yeah. in ways in which i didn't expect like, what do you do when the wind is in your face all the time and it makes you feel like you doubt yourself every single day? It's yeah. not your body that's failing. It's the wind that is forcing you to feel like you're weak. Right. And then, yeah, and just, like, other things, like this notion that I'm about to set off to, on this journey and I am tough. I can get through it and I already know I'm going to succeed because I have that self-confidence. But when in it feeling the feelings of self-judgment like I'm doing this thing that I set off to do that I want to do forever and I feel confident in myself 
but when I'm in it feeling those thoughts of like, I should be tougher. I should be better at sleeping in the dirt. I should be better at getting through the miles. I should not feel pain. But who am I kidding? Everyone feels pain. And I ought to have expected that I would feel immense amounts of pain. And so my journey along the dusty, sandy, dry road of Australia (laughs) was learning, A, what do I do when I judge myself? Mm -hmm. You know, like that Mm self-talk. How do I get through judging myself? in any context and then also learning how my husband judges judges himself and how we can work together when we're both judging ourselves at the same time Mm -hmm. so it was just such a such a remarkable experience for us as a couple and for for me in terms of like wow you know when you need a pinch in the ass and you just need to go out there and do something challenging and then you come through the other side and say you know what bring it on I can do so much more than I thought I could yeah that kind of thing so in Australia man it's probably the most benign safe country I've ever been to in my life really um yes absolutely okay everybody you know everybody told us in the states I'm kidding you not this is the comment so many things there are going to kill you. Did you think about snakes? What about flying snakes or spiders? And where are you going to sleep? Yeah. Make sure to roll up your tent. Right. Um, but nothing was a problem. There no. were very few animals. It's just such a safe country. Yeah. Um, from my opinion and experience. So, you know, like challenging these preconceived notions. Like where do fears come from? Right. So those are my thoughts off the cusp. But it was just... <laughs> I wouldn't have traded the suffering for the world and yeah. So glad, so glad we did that. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, how, Thank you. One yeah. of, one of the things this is my personal curiosity really bleeding in here but what was the landscape like and like how do you remember that? Are there any moments that you like can remember vividly that come <laughs> back? Yeah. Definitely. So we had been going through the interior for a while, for a few weeks. This was maybe about halfway. And all of a sudden, we see these huge termite mounds. We're talking like the width of 12 feet by maybe 12 feet, just mounds that look like huge turds. And (laughs) they're scattered amongst the landscape. And that was the moment when I realized, oh, my gosh, most of Australia is formless. Yeah. Because something so so not striking can feel so striking when uh-huh. all the time it's been formless. Yeah. And so to talk about the landscape, yeah, I had some moments where, wow, you really can see not much. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember feeling the craving to see something different, right. to see some kind of form. Mm-hmm. And whenever we saw form, which was rare, it was actually quite motivating and inspiring and it add variety to the days. Yeah. But but I would say there's definitely like this meditation and formlessness. And mm-hmm. so um, the landscape proved to be a practice in in accepting the formlessness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So was, yeah, mo- it was, was... most of it sand then? Just uh, flat I... desert? <laughs> if you asked Henley that question, he would say, heck. Yes, because <laughs> he has the most issues with the sand with oh. his massive bike and uh-huh. all that weight. But if you would ask me, I would say some parts were a bit sandy. Okay. <laughs> because I didn't really have that much trouble like getting my legs across the sand. But there were several weeks where it was very sandy. But most of it is like little pebbles, mm-hmm. dirt, dirt. Lots of <laughs> dirt. N- yeah like not too much different than what i see here like on the trails in arizona um tucson tucson arizona so um yeah actually lots of desert trees and bushes in parts of the country as well so it's not all totally formless okay just a majority of it is Mm -hmm. yeah that sounds really surreal popping into the the termite land of termite mounds and how like how many miles did that go on for 
Uh, the termite mounds. Yeah. Kind of like uh, the termite mounds. It was a day. Okay. Really. Okay. It, it was like half a day where it's just wow, we see things, and then it went back to um, not much or just mm-hmm. flatness and a few bushes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm imagine like you're talking about a meditative state. Yeah. Uh, like everything being the same, but that's not just like this is in a twenty-minute meditation. You're talking like July, sep- or July, August, September, October, November. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that sounds really cool. Yeah. So, okay, what are you doing? What are you doing now? Back in sure. Tucson. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I wish there was more talk about. Maybe I'll put myself, just for the sake of explanation, like, maybe I'll put myself into, like, the adventure seeker category of humans. Okay. Uh, like, I, I'm always looking for the next way in which I'm going to travel, yeah. where I'm going to travel to, and doing so human-powered. Like, how am I going to use my body to get across this place or go explore this land, whatever. Yeah. And so I wish there was more talk about what do these types of humans uh do after an adventure is quote-unquote over yes thank and you so, yeah do you agree <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely um, yeah i wish there was more i wish i wish there was just as much talk uh, after the fact about after the fact than there is like during the fact mm-hmm. because I'll, I'll say like after this was over after we succeeded in the goal Mm-hmm. It was very challenging to feel like we knew what the heck we were doing. Yeah. Finding direction was incredibly hard. I'm going to be blunt and honest and vulnerable. Yeah. On this podcast, we felt we felt bits of you know, some days felt a little just like neither of us quote unquote suffer from depression by any means but some days felt like blank slate yeah what the hell are we doing um so recovering from having purpose every single day like we know exactly what we need to do today let's get it done finding so much joy in getting it done yeah (laughs) amidst all the hardship um and then all of a sudden that that purpose that that singular goal is complete. You need to create a new goal. And for this, for some reason, I think it was also because we, it coincided in moving from Missoula, a place that we absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we would have felt so lost, so to speak, if we had just, you know, come back to Missoula and picked up life with our community and everything. Right. But we're also, you know, transitioning here to Tucson because of graduate school for Henley. And so it was just a lot of, lack of direction for a couple of months waiting and trying to figure out what to do in the meantime. So, but that, that was an effort in and of itself. There's a lot to dig dig into there in the aftermath. Oh, absolutely. I (laughs) I totally relate to that too. And I think, Oh really? Well, yeah. The one thing that I've experienced is, so I've worked a lot of jobs where I'm outside. I talked, we talked a little bit about being at, like me working for inner roads and that's expedition based. I'm out there for like a week or two weeks. And then before that I worked for the forest service for four years and that's very much for like, so I worked as a firefighter and we would go out in like Hmm. teams of 20 ish, 20 or less people. And you're out there for like two weeks together. And it's like (laughs) this intensive bonding team building experience where like, even if you're, not doing anything you're like still in this different mode and you're like ready to go and you're like expecting and then when you are like in the thick of it you're all working together for this one common goal and then that's a seasonal job and so recently I've switched out of that like going into inner roads and then going into like the rest of my life and so like getting out of college and thinking about what do I do with my life? That's been very much a, a like, Oh God, like I should go back. Like I need to go back. And you like (laughs) miss this, this like state of being that you get into when you're in like an expedition or you're in this like team, very purposeful (gasps) thing, just like you're talking about. And I absolutely think that 
that's not talked about at all. And another thing is, I don't know, like maybe you are an adventure-seeking type person, but I also kind of think that everyone would be like that if they were exposed to it. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? (laughs) Like if they were exposed to feeling like they had opportunity and means and gumption and motivation to seek adventure yeah or and just like we're in an environment where that was encouraged like i think that (gasps) oh yeah like those of us that do find ourselves in those places like it's probably not a whole lot of people but there has to be a lot of environmental factors i'd imagine to like make somebody want to like go run across Australia and yeah just I would like my guess my theory I'm totally hand-waving but it (laughs) I think that like if you put somebody in a camping trip for like two plus weeks they would probably start to adapt to the lifestyle very well and I'm I would imagine they might feel something similar to like what we're talking about when they come back or they might absolutely hate it. I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like I could go one way or the other. I've heard stories one way or the other. Yeah. But I think probably bottom line is that I believe nature has really a hold on us and can inspire a human to Mm -hmm. feel like they have purpose, like put somebody in a camping situation or in in nature for a couple of weeks. And I think it'll affect them. Yeah. In a really positive way. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And just another thing that's coming to mind is like running specifically or some sort of like motion based activity seems. So like viewing it from the outside or from, I don't know, like one of my biases that's coming up is like science and like intellectualism. And there's something just, like, so simple about running or just, like, doing a repetitive activity that it doesn't, on the surface, like, on paper seem like a worthwhile thing to do. But it's something, like, I'm a runner myself. I don't, we didn't talk about that. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it just, like, brings you into something that you don't feel anywhere else. Like, I don't. Yeah. I'm so incontent, like, sitting at a desk because I know what that other side looks like. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Can I speak to that, please? Oh, please, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is is like a raw conversation, people. Yeah. No, this is good. Um, So I so hear what you're saying, and there's something just so, just, I don't know if it's the kinetics of things things or the momentum or just simply movement and i i I have always believed and felt very drawn to this need for movement and sometimes i judge myself like why can't you sit still why do you always need to be moving Mm -hmm. um but i think there's just this this natural human attraction to needing to move and i think it can be very opening i think it in and of itself you can find purpose and i think Maybe what you were talking about a little bit, I heard like running can be in and of itself a purposeful activity simply simply by moving your legs, simply mm-hmm. by taking steps. And I don't know if that's just because we're born to move, which mm-hmm. is what I believe. But in terms of like sitting at a desk, I'm I'm definitely in the thick of that right now with with a little bit of a career change. Okay, and so I'm I'm having. I hope my employers don't listen to this, but I'm I'm having massive issues with um, desk time and screen time. It's just not natural. And to go from expedition to this is something that is extremely challenging for me. Um, And just to broaden it to, to the human race, it's just like, I really believe we're born to move. And (laughs) absolutely. um, uh, I can go on and on about this topic. Oh, we can. Um, <laughs> but I, I was thinking about this thing the other day. Like, people that are really, really efficient at doing those desk jobs. And, like, yeah, I, I don't know if they have, like, an insane power of will. 
or if I'm just like completely <laughs> different than them. But it does seem like something that we need to work on, at least for those of us like you and me who need that component of movement. Like I'm not yeah. a fresh thinker. I'm like not the same emotionally either if I'm not like you're saying moving. I think we I think yeah, that's right. Totally. I think we're I mean we're physical beings. We're we're obviously oh. supposed to move. Absolutely. I mean that's why I'm out for a walk now as I'm just talking to you on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> it's just it's fresh. It's definitely I feel like juicy in my brain yeah. when I move. Yeah. But yeah, you bring up a good point. I've thought the same thing like do I not have the will to be able to work efficiently at a desk job, but I do have the will to run across a country. And to me, that just totally, uh, oh, it totally racked my brain. Yeah. No, no. This is, ah, (laughs) this is so (laughs) perfect. Um, I mean, I've thought about that in terms of like the workforce. Like, I think when you look at high school sports and like all of the kids who will go and they will work their asses off at any given sport, but like they're not necessarily going to be successful in whatever career they choose. Like there's something going on where we're not like tapping into people's like willpower or like I can do this. Yeah. Or desire to do something. Yeah. Before finding the will to do it. Yeah. Uh, mm, hmm. So, so I'm a health coach now. Okay. And, and uh, these are just so similar to the types of questions that I ask people that I work with. And mm-hmm. um, you like, where does somebody, somebody's will come from? What does somebody really need in order to persevere and persist? And where is it all coming from? Yeah. Um, kind of a tangent. Oh, no, no. I mean, that's like, that's what I was going to ask you is like, what are, yeah, what you're doing right now. Health coaching. That's really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. I feel like I'm definitely on purpose Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Like definitely helping people with some pretty serious and deep seated um, issues, but also helping people simply to just like exercise a couple times a week. Yeah. And so it runs the gamut, but there's big purpose there yeah it's just a matter of like there can be purpose but the function (laughs) not the function just like how i go about achieving that purpose or having that purpose is what i'm still looking to to find for myself Mm -hmm. yeah we'll see yeah and then like for me it's i've been working in academics for a while now and like i love the ideas that we're working on and it sounds like that yeah. sounds like what you're you're dealing with is like a love for the ideas. But then when it's not like it, it's not the right format all the time. Like I I get yeah, fatigued that. of them when I'm sitting down all the time. Uh huh. That that there's got to be a happy way to go about finding a, a yeah. really nice balance, at least for a moment. Yeah. OK, so the I wanted to ask you something along these lines and it's something that I Mm. talked about with my friend Cole who's been on the podcast and then also with Bree who you're friends with and that's like aligning your passion and your work like we do live in a world where you you have to make money Mm. (laughs) that's not an option and I'll just kind of lay out the argument as is Um, so my friend Cole Gashwin has this theory that well I mean he's doing it right now is you don't have to love the work you're doing it's more about like doing some work so that you can like spend the rest of your time doing the things that you love. And yeah, I guess I wanted to get your take on that and like whether or not you think that a work like work is something that you should necessarily like put or align with your passions. I love that question. I'm going to tell everybody to listen to your podcast because (laughs) You're asking some of the questions that I've been thinking about my entire freaking life. (laughs) And they're, they're nuanced, they're nuanced and they're silent and they're, they're just not talked about enough. So, okay. Okay. So Cole has that theory. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And I, I super relate to it because my whole life, my whole life, I've believed that I really ought to be putting my 
myself towards my passions mm-hmm. and the money will come that kind of mindset absolutely like and i've done that my whole life and i've made a living I started the soup business because I love serving people and I love nutrition and I love food and I want to save the environment Mm -hmm. (laughs) by using local foods and Mm -hmm. everything I cook, blah, blah, blah. Ditto. Yeah, ditto. (laughs) And so my entire life I've lived by the notion that, no, I am stubborn. I am not going to quit pursuing my passions and making it work financially by doing so. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. But there came a time, and this was last year when I started thinking, I wonder what it would be like if I lived a little bit more um, comfortably and not necessarily financially just, just making it and just having enough to save a little bit every month. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I decided to do an experiment. And that's why, for the first time in my life, I decided to um, get a job, so to speak, and be employed by something, somebody else. Mm -hmm. And and so I wanted to test out Cole's theory. That's Mm -hmm. exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing, to see how I feel in my life, having that kind of comfort, so to speak, by also doing something that I believe in, I believe in what I'm doing, but it's also providing me um, the means to be able to explore parts of myself and, and things outside of work that maybe I couldn't necessarily afford or put the energy into if I was my own boss. Right. Just, but I'm in the, I'm in the middle of that experiment. I'm so fresh in it and I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that I'll just mention that that run 10 years ago across America was all about one thing. Mm-hmm. And it was all about spreading this message that passions are incredibly important. And you have, you life is too short to not run fully towards them and with them and all of that. Right. So follow your passions, follow your passions, follow your passions. Mm-hmm. Whether that means putting it towards work or putting it towards a hobby or putting it towards anything. Right. But put them, put those passions first, those things that make you feel on fire and excited and motivated. Mm-hmm. And so, so now I'm just in the middle of testing that theory. So your question about like passion and work is just so complex to me at this stage of my life. And I just love the thought. I love the conversation about it right now. Yeah. What, so what have previous guests said? Like, yeah. what are your thoughts? Well, one th- what Bree said I thought was really touching. She said, I'm so lucky to be able to work in my passion. And that's yeah, like that's absolutely true for so many people. Um, just like the opportunity to like put your energy there. And I mean, just as far as like having the networking ability or like living in the right area. I mean, there's so many things that yeah. go into okay. it. Um, and, and there's so many things that need to be done that might not even align with anybody's passion. Um, but still Uh like support everything that we're like, we live on. Um, what I was thinking while you were saying that was how complicated it is to intertwine both money and passion. And it almost Uh like it's more complicated than I'm going to say it, but it almost just like makes your passion a little dirty. Like Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. a big thing in the podcasting world is like, how, how do you get your funding? Or like, do you ask your guests to donate every month, which is what I've been doing? Um, Or do you like take on advertisers, which can be a good option if you're like advertising the right thing. I don't know. It's just such a nuanced question, especially when you start to consider, like, what's the effect of my work on other people? Like, should this job even exist? (laughs) Things like that. Oh, man. Oh, it's just so complex. But you're in the middle of it right now. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I think there's one thing that caught my attention is just, like, not to, you know, like, fixate on words or anything but mm-hmm. I've worked I've tried to work my mind around just like this notion of money mm-hmm. and dirtiness and is it clouding my purpose if right I'm 
going to also be making a living off of this. And I'll, I'll say that my only, ex- well, not only, but an experience I've had in that where it really felt when I really like felt something about that was just, I guess I want to mention just like running my own business and running this soup company, I never once felt shame or guilt or any kind of quote unquote dirtiness mm-hmm. towards towards people saying yes to paying money for my services and right. for my products. And I, it's a really good question, and you're leaving me wondering why it is that I never felt that way. Yeah, it's really something for me to ponder. And well, that's um, a... yeah. Yeah, that's a good question in itself. I mean, yeah. I feel like, I I mean, I feel that way as a consumer when I like go to the farmer's market or something and I'm buying something from somebody who I'm like really wanting to support and like yeah, really glad sure. that they're doing the thing that they're doing. So, yeah, I don't know. It just, it brings in a lot of, a lot of big game ideas and <laughs> maybe we should call up an economist or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And a counselor, and a coach, and mom and dad. <laughs> oh yeah, mom and dad should definitely be here. They know best. <laughs> they do have the cultural well, wisdom. I know. I mean, from my perspective, I mean, please keep making your podcast because I can already tell you ask really important questions. Thanks. And so, from my point of view, if you're asking yourself, "Well, shoot, is this worth it? I love what I'm doing, but oh my gosh." Is it wrong of me to ask money for money? Yeah. I mean, shoot, I'll give you a donation <laughs> because I think what you're doing is worth it. Okay. So maybe, maybe I, I find this to actually be rampant in people's minds, especially mm-hmm. those I work with now is just like this concept of worth, like what I'm doing. Is it worth it? Is it relevant? Am I worth it? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I think what you're doing is worth it. And if you're passionate about it, yes. Well, thanks, Katie. Uh, I'll give you some, uh, (laughs) I'll give you 20 bucks. Get out of here. Being on the podcast is more than a donation. It's just, yeah. No, thank (laughs) you. I'll still give you 20 bucks. All right. I said it on on live podcast. Well, I won't call you out if you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, like, I, I think a good place to go from there is... Um, I've been recently like more and more acquainted with this idea of, okay, well, I've been getting into like Zen and like reading a little bit about Buddhism and doing a meditation practice for a while now. And it's just, and then talking about this particular conversation, like, what do I do with my life and like, how do I direct it? And it's just like becoming, I don't want to bias your answer already, but it's becoming apparent to me that there's, there's more than just setting goals and like being in the moment is like a, a very, very important thing. Um, and I wanted to ask you that because listening to your stuff, I wanted to ask you like what you thought about like goal setting first, like focus on goal setting and goal completion versus a focus on like being and like present action. I especially wanted to ask you that because you have like a big track record of setting huge goals and completing them. But also listening to you, I feel like I get the idea that you're a very present and mindful person. Uh, would you weigh in on that? You can keep talking. You're making me sound better than I am in this category. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's very insightful and very warm and kind. Um, my thoughts on being in the present, is that what you're getting at? Versus yeah. goal setting. Goal setting. Or if they're... Man. Yeah. This is, this is probably something I don't feel, I don't know if qualified, I don't think qualified is the word, but I actually feel like if I talk about this, well, I'm going to talk about it. There's Mm -hmm. aspects of what I'm about to say that feel hypocritical. Okay. Like I so believe in being present 
And the way that I feel like I'm successful in that is in my conversations, in my listening skills and my eye contact. Mm -hmm. That's all relational in, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Like if I'm engaging with the world and engaging with people, I am so with you. Yeah. Right now. Very social. But I, yeah, but I have a very hard time being present with myself when I'm alone. Okay. I always feel like I need to set a goal, check something off my to-do list. So I guess I feel two-faced in a sense. Like I'm proud of myself for the way in which I interact with the world because it is what it is. I am with you in any given moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but my thoughts on goal setting are near and dear to my heart I feel like every day I have a goal every day I want to get farther or further along the way or get something done and I'm striving to not do that so much because when we have goals all the time and I just I feel this so deeply in my bones because I've always had goals Mm -hmm. I feel like when we have goals all the time for our for ourselves yeah it can be exhausting just totally exhausting and now in my life and I feel like I named this (laughs) a couple of years ago even Mm -hmm. like to always be striving to be better and to be giving more and to be working on myself all the time yeah I want to do less of that yeah so so when it comes to like I said when it comes to myself there's so much room to grow when it comes to being present with the world and others I feel like I'm I'm solid with that Mm -hmm. um but in yeah yeah in in terms of goal setting man I I I almost just want to give some credit to people who really need help setting goals and find it hard to do like that is a challenge Mm -hmm. to even come up with a goal and I know there's people out there that really struggle with that like creating goals for themselves so those are my thoughts i might i maybe talked in circles <laughs> without much of a point no but... no 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 you i thought that was very coherent um oh good yeah uh, one thing <sighs> the 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 one part where you said um like wanting to do less of like the intensive goal setting and like yeah trying yeah. to be like a better person every day um, I almost feel like from personal experience, although not that much, it's just kind of a guess at this point, maybe like the answer to that is like a lens shift and it's not like, uh. don't trying to, don't try to be better every day, but it's like maybe making time less of a factor. Like, okay, this is like the Ooh. limit. I need to complete this by X time and more of I would like to be better in this moment. But then not even like having that judgmental self in that moment, just being like, okay, I'm in this moment and like this is what I'm doing and I'm accepting it. And this is all very inspired by like a lot of the talks I've been listening to recently. But yeah, maybe maybe it's more of a, a frame shift than like a, a shift of lens than really a shift in goal. Are we in therapy right now? Because you're really <laughs> speaking to me. I feel like I'm learning a lot from what you just said. Like okay. you, you should be talking about this question. I, I love the idea of lens shifting mm-hmm. because when you said that, I thought one other thing and it's like, instead of, instead of maybe somebody like myself or has, who has these thoughts, like I want to get better every day or I want to change the world. Right better Mm -hmm. or change the world more Mm -hmm. um maybe instead of that thought it's like how can i reveal more of my awesomeness and givingness if that's a word and just like presence how can i radiate more of my presence in this giving moment because i already am everything that i am yeah (laughs) i love the idea of the lens shift because i i mean you just really helped me right now (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, it's not originating in me. I can recommend some books and talks and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you? What are what are those talks and books? I mean, maybe your listeners might want to know. Yeah, that's where true. Where you're coming from? Um, well, so I started meditating. Uh, I think 
it was fall of 2018, like pretty regularly. And Mm -hmm. um, I've been using an app called the Waking Up app. And the host of that is Sam Harris, who's... um, (gasps) Wow. Do you know know of him? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's... So he's a philosopher, a neuroscientist, but he's also got a big background in... um, uh, in meditation and he spent like a lot of time doing that and is now teaching that through his app and the app is really comprehensive it does like a daily meditation it's very guided and focused and he has wow. a lot of different guests on um, who are like meditation oh. teachers or like people coming and talk about habit formation and stuff like that um, so that's been like my main ongoing thing and then recently I've been listening or I've been reading this book which I've mentioned on the podcast, but it's Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, by Shunryu Suzuki, which, like, if you're going to read that out of the gate, it it might be cool. Like, it would be good, but it would be also, it would be good to do it in tandem with, like, a meditation practice. So, like the waking app? Waking yeah, app. yeah. Okay. Or, or even, like, a lot of towns have um, centers with teachers that will help you out and they're usually like if anything they're like donation based i mean it's good to know about who is teaching you for sure because i mean i mean you can watch documentaries on the negative results uh of not knowing who's teaching you but just like cults and stuff like that but yeah i i mean i was that's one of the things i was totally curious when i was listening to you because a lot of the things that you were saying in your interviews were kind of echoing what i was learning i was like no way does katie have a mindfulness practice like a formal one (laughs) 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 well i think you'd be a natural wow i'm serious i gotta i gotta get that app yeah get that app read that book yeah i know i should Go ahead. I don't know. I've I've struggled with defining mindfulness. Like, I don't know if it for me if it means sitting down and closing my eyes and yeah, staring through the at the wall through my eyelids. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if it means that for me, but I have noticed that being present with others in a conversation is like up the wazoo mindfulness for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just, I feel like that is one of the best gifts that I can give to the world is being present and mindful in a conversation, like yeah. letting somebody know through my actions and presence that I am here for them. I see you. I yeah. see you. I hear you. Yeah. And then also like mindfulness through the running, honestly, mm-hmm. and through the walking, through the movement. I guess that's how I've felt mindfulness yeah um and what a mindfulness practice means to me and so at the same time like with the same breath i would love to learn more about the things that you're you've been looking into like what could mindfulness practice look like if you're still yeah well (laughs) and and that so you saying that reminds me of kind of why i brought this up in the first place is like the Ah. the like the having trouble with sitting still or like being alone and it sound so this is going to sound kind of wooey but i mean it's true it's true from like a neurological standpoint is that like every single thing that you are experiencing is you like you your consciousness is what what is like it's me it's like the ground that you're walking in it's all of these things and so like the mindfulness practice that i've been uh doing is very much focused on like finding kind of a seat away from the normal like go 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 like thinking thinking and it's very much like pulling back and realizing that like you don't have to do anything for it, like everything to be there. It's just there, and just accepting that in your day to day. Wow, is that why? Is that why there's stillness associated with that kind of mindfulness? Like literally sitting, or you know, like, yeah. Well, is the lack of movement part of the process? 
I think it just makes it easier to learn because, like, huh. the I guess eventually, from what I've been reading, is it's not it's not something that you make. It's not like you sit down and make this happen. It's happening okay. all the time, like whether we know okay. it or not. And it's like when we're moving or when we're talking to other people, and it's just a matter of recognizing that. It's really about like grounding yourself in something other than uh, what you identify as yourself. It's like grounding yourself in the world and like kind of pulling Ooh. away from that selfness. Ooh, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that was a good tangent, but I, I hope it was a, like a helpful tangent. Well, I can tell you that you affected me. <laughs> well, I guess that's maybe a good thing. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, so let's move into another aspect of this. And I, I think another thing that we need to talk about, like we culturally, is community and how important that is. Ooh, and yes. Yeah. And so I wanted, first, I guess I just wanted to ask you, so y you've, called yourself a community builder so I just want to know what that means to you yeah what that means to me is gathering people for authentic vulnerable honest interaction and conversation and so in my past I've done a ton of that I feel like and I it's the thing I'm most proud of in my life is bringing people together yeah um, whether it be through soup parties every month or like I used to host these things called food and flow where we just gather together and talk about some kind of almost like spiritual topic mm -hmm. where people really opened up and blah. But anyway, just honesty and vulnerability yeah. with each other. And it could look anything from the things I've experienced or, or on the other side of things, just a super casual, regular meeting Yeah. <laughs> Um, of friends or neighbors um, right. where you don't necessarily talk about anything deep or huge. You just connect right. and be with each other. And so it leads to this article I was actually looking at today that's like in COVID times, more and more people are getting together on their front porch yeah. or actually communicating with their neighbors and mm -hmm. making friends with their neighbors. And I just think that's the most beautiful thing. Yeah. And we've been doing that here, like me and my three neighbors every Sunday, we've been getting together yeah. um, in the front driveway. And I just, it brings me so much joy. And to get to back to your question, like that is just such an example of community in my book. Mm -hmm. It's just being with each other, yeah, being with each other, like actually face to face being with each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, I could talk. <laughs> forever on this too yeah well i mean yeah there's something really really special about that like being with people sure that is. you love or that you're getting to know and i mean it's yeah it's one of those times that like when you're in it at least for me i like occasionally pop out and i'm like oh my god i don't want this to end like let's yeah, keep going yeah. let's just keep yeah. talking so yeah and i was curious because you're you're a really global person like you've been I think like it, it seems like you've built community all around the world and I think that's I think a question that's really applicable to people like in my situation that are younger and like going out into life maybe like moving away from their family or moving away from their friends yeah like moving yeah. to different states how do you maintain community when you're going across the world well, um, honestly, I've thought a lot about this, mm -hmm. to be honest. And um, for me, I've, I've realized that it comes down to, like, my excitement, my excitement and ability to invite. And, I'm, and, and not everybody is wired this way. Yeah. Not everybody is wired this way. Like, I love inviting people to spend an hour with me over coffee or yeah. inviting people to the park in a small group to just be together. Mm -hmm. And I'm definitely very much an introvert and yeah. also much, and also <laughs> a good size extrovert. But in terms of, you know, people going off into new places and starting life or moving to a new place, mm -hmm. 
it's so hard to say because so many people are wired so many different ways. And I would just say, if you feel any motivation to invite anybody to do anything, like challenge yourself to do it. And you never know what could come out of that invitation. Yeah. For, I don't know, for people who maybe don't feel so comfortable doing that, maybe the more observing you can do out in society and out in the world could lead to an opening up of things and feeling connected. Like you can observe yet still find community somewhere. Yeah. Maybe for more of the introverted people. I don't really know. But for me, I just get so much excitement out of learning about people. And Mm -hmm. for me, that that requires bringing people together live in some way. Like I even I even believe that community exists between two people Mm -hmm. like me and my best friend. We have community. We have built something a connection absolutely so hopefully that's somewhat helpful or well yeah i think it is i i definitely think it is i i relate to that a lot i feel oh yeah yeah and i don't know if this is like again yeah we're a sample size of two but i feel (laughs) like very much the need to uh like be live and I don't know, this is kind of the exception, yeah. like talking, like having these conversations with people where I can hear you or like even like a Zoom call is OK. But I don't really. So I had a friend ask me whether I keep like I'm good at keeping up on like texting or things like that. And to be honest, oh, yeah, I'm really terrible at that. Uh, <laughs> I I'm much better at the the live the live interaction but i guess with my question what i was going to ask you is like i mean do you do you maintain those relationships with people like from missoula or from australia or chicago and boston like all those places and like how does that look how does that play out for you oh yeah absolutely yeah absolutely that's very important to me and i also know that there's grace involved it's like you meet the best people wherever you're living but then there's some people that you don't naturally stay in touch with and i've realized that that's okay yeah it's just natural you continue to connect with people that it's there's momentum and whatever there's a lot of factors at play Mm -hmm. but i absolutely try to connect with people and sometimes when you move around so much and call a lot of different places home Mm -hmm. you've got to find ways to connect even if it's not live so whether it be whatsapp with folks from australia or writing letters to people back in austin or having a phone date with close friends or whoever but that's what it looks like to me um Mm -hmm. I'm like you. Um, <laughs> sounds like I much prefer those live interactions, and I'm not terribly motivated to get back to emails, even yeah. though I do. But it just feels different. Mm-hmm. Like I, I definitely value the, the the live stuff, like in the flesh. Yeah. At this, on the same breath, it feels easier to me. At the same time, so yeah. <laughs> maybe it's a gap out, but. <laughs> Well, I I think just kind of going, like going back to what you were saying the first time, like when you feel that urge, like when you're thinking about that person, maybe just call them or maybe just text them. And maybe, maybe that's something that people like me need to work on. Yes, 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 yes. You know what? I heard some kind of quote or some person said something a few (laughs) months ago where it's like, you know what? I've taken upon myself to have this goal of whenever I think of somebody, I don't just just think of them. Yeah. I actually do something about it. And it might just simply be a text to say, I'm thinking of you. How are you doing? Even if it's somebody you haven't talked to in several years. Yeah. And I thought that was a really neat just thing that this person committed to want to try to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Well, it's interesting talking about, um, I could just keep rambling, you know, Oh, that's fine. But <laughs> it's interesting talking about community yeah. now, um, given pandemic and isolation and everything. And I just think that there's so much we can talk about there. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Well. <laughs> I hope people are finding community um, now and reaching out if they feel like they need help or something. Yeah. And I mean, that was 
one of my questions for you, we may have led ourselves to the answer already, but I mean, we are in a really weird time and it's not just the COVID stuff. It's like, it's the stuff going on nationally with like the police politically, um, like with how we treat our colored people and like, yeah. So I don't know. Do you have advice for people that are struggling in these times? I know, like, you've told me uh, on a couple, like, you've hesitated to uh, to answer saying, saying something about your qualification. But, like, I find you to be someone that definitely has a lot of wisdom. Like, you're a very worldly person. And so, yeah, mm, I guess just, just share that. Like, do you have, sure. do you have advice for people struggling right now? I'll try not to be shy. Sure. Uh, thank you for that. That's empowering. Sure. <laughs> so you're talking about wisdom and talking about like situation in the world right now. Yeah. And do I have advice for anybody who mm. might be struggling now? Yeah. And I think that I could say some things and that is like, it takes a lot of vulnerability to ask for help. And I think we as a country are not that good at that. (laughs) Like I can think of some people in my life who could really use some help in that area with just simply being vulnerable enough to say, I can't do this all on my own. Yeah. Um, So if you're one of those people really like you are so, it's so valid. It's so valid for you to say, hey, I can't do this on my own. I need support. I don't know what it looks like, but I need something other than what's happening in my life right now. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, like the first thing, honestly, that came to mind was vulnerability. And those are the words that came out of my face when I thought about vulnerability <laughs> in, in these times, yeah. you know? And then also... I will only speak from experience on this and I'll call it wisdom. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it, there are a few things that I've never actually really given myself. Mm-hmm. And I've had these moments over the past couple of months where I said, you know what? It's so freaking weird right now. Everybody's feeling like things are weird. Yeah. So how can I use this time where things are so different and upside down yeah. to do something I've never given myself, to do something I've said I wanted to do but have not done? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, um, it's proven to be really healthy because it's opened my mind. It's opened my skills. It's challenged me to change just like how the environment is changing right now. So many things are changing. Everything's different every single day. Nobody knows where to go. So much uncertainty. But if there's one thing I know how to do, it's learn. Mm -hmm. And so I figured, what can I learn about now? Mm -hmm. A, it's distracting. (laughs) Like to learn something new really puts my mind at in focus towards something that's new. Yeah. And so if the world feels new around you, then maybe it could be a great opportunity to try something new. Yeah. And for me, it might sound silly, but it's painting. Okay. Cool. Like it's just, it's not anything profound, but it's different. Yeah. And there's like, there's no way in heck that I would have gone and got this paint to go to the canvas store if I didn't feel like I needed to spice up life a little bit because everything else is not an option. Yeah. So, yeah, again, I don't feel like that's profound, but learning something new is always something that any single human can do. Yeah. Maybe no. that's my wisdom nugget. <laughs> no, I think that, I mean, that's absolutely a wisdom nugget. Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, and you can take that and apply it directly to our situation, like socially and politically. It's, I yeah. mean, we need, we need to refresh, like we need to, like, yeah. And it has to be on an individual level. None of us is going to change everything that's going on. But, I mean, just just taking the perspective that is, like, accepting it and then moving forward and, like, refreshing that with something new. That, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Refresh, refresh, refresh. Yeah. Newness. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be honest and say that I don't really know much about 
Black Lives Matter. I don't know much about what's going on. Yeah. I don't, I feel like I have no clue. Yeah. And so this is an opportunity to seek to understand, to maybe learn something from somebody else's perspective. Yeah. Um, I think that's all I have to say about that. Like, yeah, I have a lot to learn. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. And then just like, yeah. I think it's really, it, it's really important to just bring that openness like you're talking yeah. about that openness to learn and like that openness to try something new. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, what a beautiful topic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's all been good. Um, <laughs> Katie, do you have, Gosh, any... what did we talk about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a blur. I'll I tell know. you when I review the podcast. I know me too. This <laughs> is <laughs> What a beautiful conversation. Yeah, this Ab- is... Absolutely beautiful. And I appreciate your curiosity and your questions and your ponderings. And man, you sound like you're learning a lot too. So, oh, yeah, I absolutely really, am. <laughs> I loved being on this podcast. It was wonderful. I loved having you. Thanks for yeah. being here so much. So, is there any way, would you tell us how um, people can yeah, find yeah. you and Hendley and, uh, yeah, how they can support you at this time. Aw, what a nice question. Uh, we live at 2019 East Silver Street in Tucson, Arizona. Oof. Come <laughs> by and visit. Okay. That's, that's where you can find us. Uh, if, you're, if you don't want to make a trip to Arizona, you can <laughs> go on the internet. And, yeah, we uh, there's a website. It's, Kate, it's just my name, katievisco.com. Yeah, I'll throw that in the... And I happen to be on Instagram. I go back and forth with wanting to be on there, but I am on there. Yeah. And it's fun to be creative there, but I am there. It's just my name, Katie Visco. Um, how can you support us and me? Just, man, if there's one thing that really spoke to y'all, whoever's out there listening, if there's one thing that spoke to y'all on this podcast, I'd say just, like, go for it. Mm-hmm. Or question yourself. Or just, like, do something different. Do something different. Yeah. That's how you can support me by supporting yourself. Just and I'll do the same. Shoot, I'll do the same. <laughs> That's awesome, <laughs> Katie. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been really, really fun. Oh, I totally agree. I super appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Stephen. Thank right. you very much. So I'll talk to you later, and I gotta send you twenty bucks. Ah, uh, no, you don't have to. Yeah, I do. <laughs> of my word how do i do that uh oh yeah yeah well i mentioned at the pod in the podcast but so when you go to listen to the podcast there's um you go to the episode notes where i write a bunch of stuff about the episode and like the people on it etc and then at the very bottom there's a tip jar um it's like a it's like it's a link so you click it and then it takes you to pinecast which is the website that hosts the podcast and okay. you can enter your financial information there. Or you can just send me uh, copies of your social security number, <laughs> your photo ID, and uh, your bank account information. That's fine, too. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> well, either way. You're going to be 20 bucks, Richard. <laughs> you can put it towards your podcast and all your awesome questions. So, yay. Well, thank Thanks you, Katie. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Have a good evening. Okay. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Isn't she such a nice person? Man, I really love this podcast. Uh, I hope all of you are staying safe and sane out there. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, rate, leave a comment. Uh, You can donate, which I described in the podcast, but if you didn't catch it, it's at the bottom of the episode notes, so it's in the individual episode notes, not the actual show bio. Down at the bottom, there's a link. If you click that link, you can sign up and uh, send money. Another great way to support the podcast is just to tell friends family members, uh, your dog, anybody 
that you think might find some sort of interest in the podcast. I mean, even if it's like you're just leaving this thing on a loop to your beta fish at home. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Do check out Katie's stuff. Her Instagram and her website are full of good information, photos, videos of her expeditions. Also, definitely check out the episode with her and Henley on The Hidden Athlete. I'd also like to invite anyone who has feedback for the show or simply wants to talk about it to reach out to me at my email, which you can find in the episode notes, or you can direct message me on Instagram. But yeah, if you have any comments, feedback, uh, suggestions for the show, or just want to talk about some of the stuff that we've been talking about, please do reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening. Until next time.